you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's going on? You're listening to NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James, go here with you. Joined alongside by MG Mike Guy, Marcus Grant in the building. What's up? What's going on, man? How you doing? Feeling good. Yeah, feeling it. Feeling it. Feeling it. Feeling it. it. I mean, the World Cup's been fun. You know, we've been kind of locked in. It's been great. Which I'm feeling the pressure of the clock because we got more (laughs) games starting. uh, And we're we're in this this podcast right now. Look at this. James, World Cup comes around once every four years. (laughs) Look at this guy. He's 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 itching to get out of here already. We we just started the show, pal. I know. Look, we got some stuff to talk about, but it's June. The World Cup Ah, is here. You know what? That's a good point. Making a strong argument is a whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gilhar, who, oh, by the way, is a short timer. Uh, I just feel I I feel like this is going to be the feelings podcast (laughs) today is going to be. We're going to certainly get into some. For the uh, for the listeners who don't know, uh, you know, you knew that franchise, uh, Matt Franciscovich, left the podcast, left NFL media. He's working over at EA. Uh, maybe you heard that Matt Harmon uh, leaving NFL media as well. He's going over to Yahoo. We're going to actually be speaking to Matt Harmon because we didn't give him a proper send-off, man. We're going to be talking to Matt Harmon a little later in the program, uh, talk to him about uh, what the future holds for him. Uh, but late breaking news from last night, yesterday, the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gilhar, uh, letting it be known to the world he's going to be moving on from NFL media as well. I, I will be. Uh, if you didn't see on Twitter last night uh, or Facebook, if we're that intimate and we're friends on there, on that trash site. Sorry, Facebook. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> trash, wow. uh, but yeah, I'm going to be leaving the NFL this summer and going to pursue a law degree back in Wisconsin, actually. Had a number of reasons for going there. Good school. Uh, I still get in-state tuition, which is a yeah. huge savings. Yeah, buddy. But uh, wanted to, felt compelled to do something a little more with my life and uh, yeah. pursue a life of public service and, and give back to others and help make a difference in uh, the community. So I'm going to get a law degree so I can be best suited to do that. Could have just gone 
like the nonprofit route or something of that yeah. nature. But uh, and you still might. I mean, well, I mean, I could after, if I, I could afterwards, but I wanted to, uh, in the immortal words of Ron Swanson, whole ass one thing. And if I was going to get into this life, I wanted to give myself the best education and things possible to uh, make a bigger difference. So. Uh, it's not your last show, and, and I know a lot of folks on Twitter think it's your last show, but it's not. Uh, no, we've got a couple more we got still. a couple more in front of you here today. You can't get rid of me just <laughs> yet at this place. <laughs> Can I just say this, though, man, and I said this uh, last night as well. I think what you're doing is, is amazing. Um, you're going to be pursuing a life of public service, uh, trying to help represent those who are underrepresented underprivileged perhaps um, and you're doing it by giving up a dream job and in today's world where you don't see this kind of selflessness man um, and I think what you're doing is a noble thing and it really does I mean it, it makes me feel some kind of way man like you know I'm just like hey I, I really applaud you for what you're doing I admire what you're doing, and quite honestly, and again, I said this yesterday, I think, you know, people are going to be hard-pressed uh, to find somebody with this level of character that Alex Gelhar is exhibiting here. So, oh, well, thank you. I that's, applaud that's you. too man. kind, man. I do applaud you, and uh, and I tell you what, we're, we're, we're having a huge loss here, but you can't even, you, you can't be mad about it. You know what I mean? Uh, you're, you're doing something that is, is so noble and so honorable. I uh, just, again... Nothing but praise for you, man. Nothing but praise. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. It'll be sad to leave all this behind, but I'm very excited about the journey that is to come. But you are still stuck with us for the next couple <laughs> of weeks. True. You're trying to trying to extend the uh, podcast here already with all this jibber-jabber. <laughs> Beat me from the more important things in life, the World Cup. World Cup, baby! I uh, got a great show in front of us here today. Oh, uh, by the way, we got producer Christina behind the glass. What's up? What's up? How you doing? Good. How yeah? are you guys? Feeling it? Good. Yeah, okay. good. Okay, great. Uh, got a great show in front of us here today. Got a little bit of news. We got uh, the roster reset, NFC South, the Saints, the Panthers. Uh, we've got the Falcons and the Buccaneers. And, of course, as I mentioned, we got uh, Matt Harmon, that uh, interview coming up a little bit later in the program as well. We'll close out with a round of daily daps, but we start your show as we always do with your top fantasy headlines. Oh, my God, the news! We really do have breaking news. Hey, did you guys know that the Eagles, the <laughs> Patriots, are playing in the Super Bowl? That is breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> news. All right, we're going to start in. Where else? But Green Bay. We talked about Alex Green Bay, baby. Let's go. Randall Cobb, seen in a walking boot this week. He has an undisclosed ankle injury, question mark, because we're not exactly sure. He won't tell people what it is. Uh, he wouldn't say whether he had surgery on the ankle or not as well, being very coy with this injury. He isn't expected to miss any time, but it is something to monitor. He's 27 years old. I was just floored by that. I thought he was like Randall Cobb, actually, fun little piece of trivia, was the first player ever in the NFL to be born in the 1990s. Oh, is that right? Yes. Oh, wow. When he came in, he was he was a baby, but he had f- completed his necessary eligibility in the NCAA, but he was the first player ever in the NFL to be born in the 90s. 27? Yeah. Wow. I feel like he's been in this league for... This is his, like, eighth year. He came in when so he was 20. Nuts. So nuts. <laughs> uh, but he hasn't been fantasy relevant, unfortunately, for Randall Cobb fans since 2014. 
He's had back-to-back 600-ish yards and four touchdown seasons in 2016 and in 2017. So I will ask you, Alex Gilhar, in 2018, does he get back to fantasy relevance? As long as this injury doesn't hamper him, I think he does. Part of the reason and there were multiple... He has been a little bit injury prone. There were multiple factors that had contributed to him posting those 600-yard four TD seasons, like you said. Injuries and just a crowded pass-catching corpse there. But with... Jordy Nelson out of the way. Jimmy Graham is coming in. However, I don't think Jimmy Graham's going to come in seeing, you know, 140 targets or anything crazy like that. I think he's going to be great as a fantasy tight end. But Cobb should come back into a healthy workload. Whenever somebody has an ankle immobilized like this in a walking boot, it is always worrisome. Oh, yeah. Like, you never want to see that. Oh, yeah. It does happen plenty of times as well, though, where it is precautionary like this, and they'll do it now to prevent you right. know, further uh, you know, exacerbation of the injury. So something to monitor into training camp in the preseason because, as you said, injury concerns are there. Right. But on the plus side, this may – Randall Cobb's ADP has been swinging, swinging up lately. Oh, like, has it? At the beginning of the offseason, he was down like 12th, 11th, 12th yeah. round. Now he's getting up towards that eighth round area. Oh, interesting. So if this causes well, him to swing price, back down a little bit, then I'm a little more excited about yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say, at that eighth round price, you're still excited about it? I mean, that seems pretty... I still feel all right about it. That's pricey. That's I mean, it's pricey, but it's for a receiver attached to an Aaron Rodgers-led offense. And okay. we've seen him many times in the past years have multiple top 20, if not top 10, fantasy right. receivers. And other than Devontae Adams, I mean, there's no names no. in the wide receiver core at all. Yeah. Adams, Adams, Cobb, and Graham are going to be the, the right. trio here. So. And, and you have throw in a backfield that is kind of uncertain right now. Oh, I my mean, God. <laughs> you know, so it's not, it's not like they're going to turn around and hand the ball off to some guy, you know. You wouldn't think so. 15, 20 times a game. You wouldn't think so. All right, Julian Edelman. It's just the slot receiver part of the news here. Uh, Julian Edelman appealing his four-game PED suspension, arguing that the league mishandled his sample. Monday morning quarterback reported that he the failed test was, quote, triggered by a substance that wasn't immediately recognizable, and there are scientists analyzing it, end quote. It tells me, anyways, that a reduction in the suspension is at least a possibility. I, I don't know if it's going to happen. Does it? Have we heard news about Julian Edelman's suspension and appeal or and those type of things? I, I don't think we have. No, I can, I can tell you what's going to happen is that Julian Edelman yes. will serve a two-game suspension okay. in 2021 <laughs> because this will go through the court system. Oh, I see. Uh, it will be multiple appeals. Oh, we will God. have several high-priced lawyers getting involved oh, here. Oh, no. And then finally, no. years down the road, when Edelman is probably about to, uh, ready to retire yeah. anyway, okay. he'll be suspended for two games. Good. Yeah. Okay. I can't wait for it. I'm looking forward, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the legal proceedings already. <laughs> it's good. Uh, Edelman, 32 years old. In 14 games last season. Two years ago. He uh, was out last ago. year with That's an ACL. Right. That's right. Two years ago, posted a career high 1,100 yards on 98 receptions and caught three touchdowns. Okay. Again, coming off major injury. He's 32 years old. Uh, what do we think about Julian Edelman there in the Patriots offense? MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. Um, look, if, if he's there, he's obviously the, the wide receiver that you want in that offense. I mean, there's Gronk. And then when you look at wide receivers, it's, it's Edelman. Oddly enough, I think even with a four-game suspension, yes, he's probably still the wide receiver you want on the Patriots, just obviously at a different price. Yeah, I mean, know? he's going to go double digits. Is he, though? I mean, uh, is he not? Uh, I mean, 
I mean, it's a four-game suspension, for God's sakes. I it mean, is. Yeah, I mean, coming off of a major injury, 32 years I mean, old, look, and, and a career-high 1,100 yards. I mean, what are we expecting here from Julian Edelman? I mean, right now, the, the, the range, you know, we go to our friend's fantasy football calculator. The yes. range is yes. anywhere. Hit well, me. 505, which oh. I'm sure was, you know, early before this all, this all happened. The low has been 901. I mean, he's sitting still seventh round. Oh, my round. God. He's still a Single late, digit He's round? still a late seventh round guy, right? Oh, my God. Part of it is that. Is, no. So, one, it's it's no. I mean, one it's because of who Edelman is and, and his role in that offense. Yeah. Two, and I see this a lot on Twitter when, when you talk about guys being suspended for three or four games. Yeah. I think people forget that's that's a chunk of your fantasy regular season. Like you can't Huge chunk. you can't weigh that out over a sixteen game season. Right. You gotta weigh that out over like a twelve or thirteen game season. And and it is a much larger chunk of that. So I think people sorta kinda forget how many games four games is in the in context, a fantasy season. In the context right. of your fantasy season. So I think that, that might have a little bit to do with it as well. Uh, look, I know he's famous and I know he plays for a high profile team in the in, in the Patriots. But what y'all doing out there? This guy doesn't catch touchdowns, period. He doesn't catch touchdowns. He's not a touchdown maker. I mean, 1,100 yards, that's a career high on 98 catches. It's not I – mean, this, that, this is – that's crazy that he would go <laughs> in the single – That's it's mind-blowing to me. And I know that he's famous, and I know he plays for the Patriots, but that is just crazy talk. I would never pay a single-digit price for Julian Edelman. No way. 32 years old. Forget in, it. With the suspension or in general? Well, I was, oh, was going to ask with, with I, or without. I don't care. If he plays every single game, there's 0% chance I'm, I'm taking this guy in the seventh, eighth round Knowing that his upside is 1,100 yards and six touchdowns, forget that. Not zero percent chance. Yeah, but I it, would take in that. a PPR league, he's he's crossed 90 receptions in three of the last four years, and the most games uh, he's played only 16 games in two of those years. So, like his PPR upside, that's a huge number. You can decry touchdowns all you want, but in a PPR format where it matters, like a guy like Golden Tate, Jarvis Landry, they don't catch many touchdowns either. Doesn't matter when they're clearing 90 catches every year. What's Golden Tate's ADP right now? Mm. Fifth. Fifth round. By the way, it's one more reason PPR is kind of crap. <laughs> that's, that's kind of a good point. I kind of like <laughs> I like half point PPR, but yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, look, I, I just think the injury concern, the age, his role in that offense. I don't, I just don't see it, man. I, I just I really don't. Not at that price. Tenth round, yeah. Talk to me. Yeah, you know, the the other part of Julian Edelman that I don't think we we talked about a lot is. Wither Tom Brady, right? I mean, because we all, everybody just assumes, like, yeah, Tom Brady's going to come back and he's going to be Tom Brady again, right? But right. Like, we all know that cliff is coming. Oh, yeah. We don't know when exactly it's going to hit. Oh, yeah. But we know it's coming and we know he's getting closer to it. Right. With each pass. Because, like, we spent a lot of time talking about the Colts and, like, it's all, like, it's all prefaced with if Andrew if Luck Andrew is back, Luck right? Is yeah. So at some point, don't we have to start prefacing Patriots stuff with as long as Tom Brady is Tom Brady? Like, yeah. not, not yet. We just saw mere months ago him drop 500 yards <laughs> in the Super Bowl. That's a great point. Right, but I mean. Against the Eagles defense. And also, you know great. what helps Julian Elliman? He ain't running the deep routes. True. Like That's if true. Tom's arm strength starts to go, you know who he's going to turn to? This guy That's right true. here. I mean, because. He's going to turn to the five foot 10, 200 pound I mean, little dynamo he's been throwing 100 passes to for the last four years. I mean, we saw, I mean, we saw you know, Peyton Manning dropping big numbers on folks until all of a sudden he wasn't. So, I mean, look. I fall under the look. I'm not going to count Tom Brady out now. Probably draft Julian Edelman at the decent price, but yeah. I do think at some point it, it's a conversation worth having. All right, there you one, go. Once we once we see more evidence, the most recent evidence we've seen is Tom Brady eviscerating a top-flight NFL defense in the Super Bowl without this guy. Yeah, he can't catch though. 
he can't catch them. <laughs> this is true. This is true. These are facts, baby. Ergo, <laughs> Ergo Nick Foles, greater than Tom Brady. Sorry, folks. It's yep. just facts. That's, that's just what it is. I mean, come on. You know? How many passes has Tom Brady caught in the Super Bowl? <laughs> Zero. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right, let's uh, let's go to the roster reset. Let's talk about the NFC South. We'll start uh, go top from bottom. Uh, the Saints were eleven and five last year. They won that division. Oh, the Panthers were eleven five as well, but it wasn't tiebreaker. Whatever. Drew Brees signed a two year, fifty million dollar extension this offseason. He finished as a quarterback nine last year, his lowest finish in at least ten years. I didn't want to go back any further. Uh, the offense last year fundamentally changed, morphed into a running first offense. He's thirty nine years old. Is Drew Brees? Is Drew Brees a top five fantasy quarterback in 2018? Alex Gilhar. No. Simple answer, no. MG? Uh, it feels like he should be. It feels like he should be. I, I think, I, let me, before but I. But the numbers may not bear that out. Right, like before before I say something and have someone on Twitter come back and tell me, but you're like, I just want to verify where I have him <laughs> okay. ranked okay. in, in he's, my... he's like fringe top 10 right now, which is not bad. Yeah, it just speaks to the depth of the quarterback years. position. Right. And with Drew Brees, Drew Brees was always buoyed at the top of the quarterback thing by continually leading the league in pass attempts. Yeah, volume was with, crazy. With that man. being gone now, he's still very efficient and he's good. Oh, he's but a great quarterback. There are guys that, and he can at any point switch on Hall of Fame mode like we saw him do in that game against the Vikings in the playoffs. But that's just not who Drew Brees needs to be anymore. He he had so many games last year. I was going to try and find the stat where I think over his last 10 games, he f- crossed 15 points like twice mm. in standard scoring. Right. That is not a top 10 fantasy quarterback. So I've got him at QB7. I just, wanted to, I just wanted to verify before I said no, and then somebody on Twitter like you know called me you out. You've got like him that. at five. Right, exactly. So <laughs> I wanted to make sure. So, yeah, I mean, look, yeah. I do think – I am curious what the Saints offense looks like for those first four weeks okay. with no Mark Ingram. Yeah. Because um, I'm not sold that suddenly Alvin Kamara gets this huge boost. In, I think he gets a little extra t- – a few extra touches, but at the I same mean, time – basically said that as well. Right, I mean, if you because if you're the Saints – you are – I mean, you have designs on the playoffs and maybe a Super Bowl run. The last thing you want to do is wear Kamara out in the first month of the season right? when you know you're really going to need him in December and January. So I, I wonder if that They've means – They've added some depth there too. They have. Um, but, you know, I, look, as much as I've taken – I've taken a couple of flyers on Boston Scott late in rounds and stuff – and late in drafts. But sure. um, you do wonder whether or not that also means a few extra passing attempts, at least for the first month or so, for mm-hmm. Breeze. Um, I will say a couple things. To correct that stat, he finished with under 15 fantasy points uh, 7 of 12 games, I think I just counted, after the bye. Which 7 of 12? 7 of 12. He oh, had under right. under 15 fantasy points. Wow. Uh, which was after their bye when they skewed run heavy. Mm. And also, he was the QB9 last year with Aaron Rodgers missing the vast majority of the season and Deshaun Watson missing the vast majority of the season and Jimmy Garoppolo only playing five games, games or yeah. whatever. Right, right, right. So, like, those are a lot of other names that we can't forget about that uh, that could be knocking him knocking him out of that echelon there. Yeah, I've got Drew Brees as a quarterback six, and I think I may be the most aggressive. And even then, I don't – feel some kind of way about Drew Brees as my quarterback six. I could I could easily see Jimmy Garoppolo uh topping Drew Brees this season. So I, yeah. And there's some other names that were behind him too. Andrew Luck didn't play at all this year. Matt Ryan had a, a bad year and he right. was still a QB fifteen. Like a couple things shift and Drew Brees is all of a sudden sitting at quarterback sixteen. I think I'd said this on earlier on this podcast, uh or in 
previous episodes, but I think Drew Brees is going to get overdrafted based on name. I still yeah. think he can be a reasonable fantasy asset for you, but QB is so deep. The days of feeling comfortable reaching for Drew Brees in the single-digit rounds right. are gone right now. Okay, there you go. I think that's great advice. Cam Meredith signed a two-year, $9.5 million deal with the Saints. He's going to play opposite Michael Thomas with Willie Sneed no longer in the Big Easy. Cam Meredith broke out in 2016, remember. He had 888 yards. It's a very lucky number for uh, the for uh, our Chinese-American listeners out there. Ooh. Uh, four touchdowns. So 888 yards and four touchdowns in just 10 games started in 2016. But he tore his ACL in a preseason game last year. Was, it, was that against the Titans? I, feel like I don't remember which one. I don't remember. It was in the preseason. It, it, was, it made everyone very sad, though. But uh, Cam Meredith looking to, to make his comeback here. Uh, in a very good offense, should be super efficient. But the question remains, where do you take Cam Meredith? I, I kind of feel like he's a forgotten man here uh, in the Saints offense. I know we talked about it being a little bit lower volume, but I, I mean lower volume for Drew Brees, but still uh, a pretty high volume uh, overall passing attack, is certainly in the in the top half of the NFL. Yeah, I, th- I love Cameron Meredith as a late-round flyer. Me like too. Michael Michael Thomas is probably going to be the target hog here and see a ton. But other than that, they, they drafted Traquan Smith, which I know you put on there. Yeah. I think he might need a little bit of seasoning. He seems like he'll be a good – he'll have some big plays this year, but probably needs a year before we really consider him like a redraft fantasy asset. But as you mentioned, Cameron Meredith that year too, like aside from the very lucky stats, was just fantastic. Like you go back and watch his tape, and he was a – a very excellent route runner was yeah. doing a lot in a Bears offense that didn't have a lot around him uh, at the time. So I think he's he's a great dart throw later in your drafts. You know, if you're adding a fourth or fifth wide receiver, why not take a shot at Cameron Meredith? Because, as Marcus said too, in the event that the Saints do skew a little more pass heavy early on, Meredith would be the be- the one most likely to benefit. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I I, li- I like where he's going in drafts, which is late, which is like undrafted almost yeah, a, lot of, a yeah, lot of times. I mean, a lot of folks have just basically forgotten. Uh, that Cam Meredith even exists, and I don't blame him. I mean, he had, you know, a good half of a season and then, you know, signed a deal with the Saints and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So um, where he's going right now, I, I like it. Uh, and, and again, I think just in his role in this offense seems pretty clear. He's going to be the number two, which is fine. Uh, the number two wide receiver in the Saints offense, sign me up. Sign me up. I mean, you're getting this dude in the 12th, 13th, 14th round? Yeah, sure. What the hell? Why not? Sure. Also, though, I feel like once we do this, then Ted Ginn will rear his head again. Oh, no. Uh, Start, start snaking <laughs> targets and catches away from people. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Uh, the team did spend a third-round draft pick on wide receiver Traquan Smith out of Central Florida, but as Alex Kelhar mentioned, not really draft-worthy right now in redraft leagues. All right, they also drafted a running back in Boston Scott out of Louisiana Tech in the sixth round. They also signed veteran uh, running back Terrence West. They will fill in as Mark Ingram serves his four-game PED-related suspension. Terrence West worth, uh, you know, again, a uh, 15th, 16th round pick if you're just trying to get by in the la- in the first four four weeks of the season there? Anybody, uh, anybody, anybody, Terrence West? Anybody, anybody? I don't know. <laughs> okay, we'll move on. Uh, going once, going twice. <laughs> and, uh, moving on. The Panthers last year finished 11-5. and five. They've got a new offensive coordinator. Offensive coordinator Mike Shula was fired. And the Panthers, did they go with the new, young, hot, creative mind? No. Oh, no. They went with the retreadiest of retreads, hiring 66-year-old Norv Turner. Norv's 
Sun. Amen. Well, the retreadies have retreads that have already been hired by Seattle, but I mean, sorry, Sully, if you're still back there. Re but reboot, reboots and sequels, man, they're popular. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, how about this, though? North's son, Scott Turner, he's the quarterback coach. His nephew, Cameron Turner, he's the assistant quarterback coach. And North's brother, Ron Turner, is an offensive consultant. Man, it, nep wow. nepotism is a great wow, thing. Wow, man. As I can, can we fire some Sly in the Family Stone? It's a family affair. <laughs> it's about the Turners. You guys got parents in high play that want to hire a friend of a friend? Was it the Turners? That sounds like a like a late or early 90s ABC sitcom or something. The Turners. Like the Turners. The Turners. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, they are entrusted with, I guess, advancing Cam Newton's career I, I don't even know how to put this i mean they, they I, I, it's it's silly to say improve cam newton they're, because cam newton's so great they're dipping into the silliest of offseason narratives which uh, chris wesseling has lampooned a lot on their atn our friends of the atn podcast but like they're we're gonna improve his accuracy or we're gonna change this quarterback so, you know what how about you just let the M former mvp let him do his let thing, do his thing. Let, let him do his, do his thing, thing. that's he's, led this team to the playoffs in most of the most he's of the been successful years. this long doing what he does why do you want to change it I mean, it's a little bit of uh, familiarity, obviously. North Turner and uh, head coach, uh, oh, my gosh. Ron Rivera. Ron, <laughs> Ron Rivera. I was like, Ron? Yeah, Ron Rivera uh, have a little bit of history as well, uh, going back to their San Diego days. But um, I, just, I just don't understand this move, man. It, and it's, it's a move to me that makes me real nervous about every single offensive asset and their current price. Uh, in the Carolina offense, I, I mean, I, I look at Christian McCaffrey, I'm a little bit worried. I, I, even C.J. Anderson, who they signed um, now that Jonathan Stewart is gone, it makes me a little bit nervous. Cam Newton, I, I mean, the one thing you know that North Turner is going to do, they're going to chuck it deep downfield. And quite frankly, Cam Newton likes to chuck it deep downfield. So in that way, at least it makes some sense, I guess. It's got some weapons to do it. They added Torrey Smith. Uh, I mean, he's nearing the end, but they also have... Uh, Curtis Samuel coming back from injury. He's and a deep and Devin Funches is a big body that can still get deep. He's, you know, he's trimmed down a little bit. Yeah. He's not, not you know, a lightning fast deep threat, but he's the kind of guy Cam could throw to. And then DJ Moore, who they drafted as well out of Maryland. I, I mean, it's just... I don't know. To me, it's just uh, I think this offense could potentially take a step back. I think North Turner's best days are way behind him. Um, and I just don't think he's modernized his offense to, to fit the NFL game. So that's just uh, – and I think that's borne itself out over the last, you know, five, six, seven, eight years. Honestly, I mean, I think the, the biggest indication will be whether or not he figures out something new for Christian McCaffrey. I mean, that, that had been the knock on Mike Shula is that – you know, they have this weapon who was, you know, considered to be like kind of a, a game changer for them. And they have no idea how to use it. And there wasn't anything, you know, really special about how they used it. I mean, oh. he, had, he, had, he had a good year. Oh, he did. He's in numbers. Especially but in PBR. There, was, there was nothing revolutionary about how they used this guy, which I think bodes even worse for Curtis Samuel because he was sort of the – he was hybrid. the other side of that coin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know, you, had, you had McCaffrey who was a, a running back who could play receiver. Samuel was a receiver who could play running back. Yeah. And it was sort of like – Okay, we don't even know what to do with this first one. So how are we going to figure out I mean, to do with this Samuel second one? I mean, Samuel was a running back in college, though. He was always more, a little bit more a man without a position, which was why them taking him in the second round was a little bit shocking. But yeah. Well, I think he started his career as a wide receiver and then transitioned to running back I mean, uh, while he was at Ohio State. Even more confusing. Then. It's just, uh, look, I mean, they've got versatile weapons, and they tried to surround Cam with speed, which I, I full advocate of. Why you gotta get a creative mind to 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 meld these pieces together? You can't have a guy North Turner running your standard 1990s Cowboys offense again. Just 
it just boggles the mind. Why would you do this given your personnel? It just I don't understand. A lot of a lot of coaches don't change, and they are who they always were. But uh, Ron Rivera was one of those coaches that did change his tune a lot in sure. Carolina, and perhaps to be the eternal optimist, that's why he hired Norv because Norv. Maybe that's also why Norv left Minnesota because he wanted to do different things, or who who knows? That whole departure was very awkward when he left Minnesota in midseason. Oh, super. Awkward. So perhaps with their history, and maybe they want to try some new things. But the benefit is he Norv does have good playmakers, and good playmakers have typically done well in his offenses in fantasy dating back to the Cowboys and even the Chargers and he doesn't doesn't might might not bode well for the fringe players but Cam Christian McCaffrey I even like CJ CJ Anderson a lot especially where he's going all right well there you go I I I will say this you you look at his offenses the ones that he's taken over they've all dipped so I just don't I, I see nothing I see no positives from the North Turner signing but whatever what are you talking about man Greg Olson I see. I mean, you got him here. Yeah, so he's that top. I mean, like, okay. The the, the narrative says that North Turner's a tight end whisperer, exactly. right? Like, exactly. So. Which I believe has been debunked. <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, mean, I know it's been debunked. I mean, so, well, again, that's, that's we, we, we go back to the 1990s with with, with this narrative. I mean, that, that, that's what's so crazy is he's that just the tight end whisperer. Oh, he's gonna get so much out of Kyle. Ru- he got nothing out of Kyle Rudolph. I mean, it's like okay. I, I just uh, again, we'll we'll move on. Uh, the team signed C.J. Anderson as we as we mentioned. Jonathan Stewart gone. Uh, he was signed in- inexplicably by Dave Gettleman. I don't know why. Uh, he I is... saw that coming, by the way. The moment the moment he was let go by the Panthers, I'm like, he's, yeah, he's probably going to New York. Yeah. Uh, C.J. Anderson expected to form a one-two punch with Christian McCaffrey, who we mentioned had a pretty good PPR, at least, uh, certainly a PPR season uh, at the running back position last year. What do we think about Christian McCaffrey, C.J. Anderson? I I love this duo. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me I think too. I think in PPR you got to go high for Christian McCaffrey. I mean, just because. 80 catches at running back he had last year. He might not hit the threshold crazy. again, but that having that in his range of <laughs> possibilities so is so, so tantalizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then McCa- or, uh, Anderson, like Jonathan Stewart had over 200 touches last year and was a shell of the former like oh, fantasy back that we remember right. drafting and in years. Anderson is better right now than, Anderson than Stewart. Coming off a 1,000-year season last year. So like yeah. these two could be like that rare type of backfield where you look at the final standings in the year and it's like, Christian McCaffrey's the eighth over eighth highest scoring running back, and the, whoop, there's CJA it's sitting there at like thirteenth or whatever because he's go. got eight hundred yards and nine touchdowns. I like it. I like it a lot. As we mentioned, they tried to surround Cam Newton with a little bit of speed. They traded for Torrey Smith. Uh, they traded, or excuse me, they drafted wide receiver DJ Moore, who plays a little closer to the line of scrimmage, but with the ball in his hands, he's got quickness. He, he's got some speed on the outside as well. You know about Christian McCaffrey, Curtis Samuel coming back from injury as well. He's a speeder, uh, speedster as well. So uh, they've got some speed, certainly, uh, in this Carolina offense. We're going to talk to Matt Harmon coming up about DJ Moore as well. Uh, as you mentioned, Greg Olson had his contract extended. There were some question marks as to whether or not he was going to retire, but whatever. He played in just seven games last year after breaking a foot early in the season and kind of dealt with that injury uh, all throughout uh, the 2017 campaign as well. Is Greg Olson? I put in top five. I think that might be a little aggressive. How about a top seven? tight end for Greg Olson. Are we? Are you paying the premium because he's a name for this guy? He's right at the edge for me right. of the elite guys. Like, if it, if it gets down and, and he's the top tight end on the board, chances are I'm, I'm probably waiting and just going after somebody else. Going, I kind of think so, too. Going to get, like, a Trey Burton or somebody a little bit later in the draft. Uh, I don't have where his ADP is right now, but if I just had to guess off the top of my head, I'd probably say somewhere, you know, in the in the eighth round would, would probably be what I would, would think mm. that drafters are. You would be wrong. Oh, really? <laughs> what is it? 
Oh. On fantasy football calculator? On That's FF crazy. Calculator. That's crazy. Oh no, hell. Round five. Al- although I was saying I was saying in the <clears> eighth <throat> round of a ten teamer, so that pick eighty. What is that in in twelve teamer? I mean, this is FF calculator. Right. So this is this is twelve team. Yeah, um. So I just pick sixty. Sixty. Yeah. <laughs> too much. That's that's too. That's way too pricey for me. Yeah. Can't do it. Yeah, and again, and mostly it's because he's been such a, a longtime staple at the at the tight end position, and you know, blah blah blah. And he's a name, but at that price, I'm out. Uh, Falcons ten and six last year. Versatile playmaker Taylor Gabriel was signed away by Chicago. A loss on the offensive side of the ball, but they did draft wide receiver Calvin Ridley out of Alabama. It seems like the same old, same old Falcons, though, really, uh, when I was kind of doing the research on the Falcons, Sark is still sarking it up over there. <laughs> Julio Jones has a little bit of contract dispute, but, you know, he'll be there. I'm sure he'll be there. Devontae Freeman uh, is probably their best running back asset in terms of fantasy. Tevin Coleman certainly will get some burn as well. Julio Jones, Devontae Freeman, they're going in the second round. Any problems with the price there? Absolutely not. Nope. None? Nope. The, the the consternation over Julio Jones is one of my favorite things to watch because hilarious. I just I do is not it? understand. Yes. He's a highly volatile player and really? he's not a touchdown man. How many times has he finished outside the top 10 wide receivers in PPR the last four years? It's it's not that. Look, the answer is zero. The, of course. But he's a phenomenal player. Nobody's, nobody's saying he's not a phenomenal. But on a week-to-week basis, this guy, it's Fantasy, tough. Fantasy's, fan, I mean, fantasy's a week to game, so he's going he's gonna to ding you a couple times. But – over the last four years, too, he's averaged 103 catches, 1,500 yards, and six touchdowns a year. The touchdown, but th- that's what I'm saying. The touchdowns, to me, is problematic. I mean, his the three years, this last year, his three hurt everybody, no doubt. But the three years before, he had six, eight, and six. That's not, like, that upsetting of a touchdown number. Antonio Brown hit those numbers a lot. He, sure, he's had his double-digit years as well. But, right. like, if you're going to get... Six to ten touchdowns and fourteen hundred yards a year, plus eighty to one hundred and thirty receptions. Like sign sign me up. Yeah, I'm, I'm Julio Jones. I, he's a little outside that that top tier because uh, of their touchdown upside. Like right. AB, the Nuke, the Odell's, Odell, Michael right. Thomas. Even now looks like a guy that's going to push for double digits every year. Right. But like if if Julio's fallen to me in the second round, jump for joy every day. Because he's going in mid to late part of the second round. Yeah, mm-hmm. love it. I, and I think all of the things, all the concerns that I had brought up are, are being priced into into where he's going as well. And touchdowns are often the most fickle and unpredictable thing to But go. even in terms of yardage wise, I mean it's just He's had over fourteen hundred yards each of the past four I years. Totally get that. But it's like <laughs> this is a hundred. I understand. But th- this is a guy just, that, just say, just say you're talking about the weeks where he'll give you two hundred and he'll follow it up with that's like right. fifteen. Like that's that's, that's, that's exactly what you're about. That's exactly, and that's exactly what's happened the last couple of years. I mean, this is a guy that on a week-to-week basis, he, he's either a game winner or, or a week winner, right? Or or he's given this you is nothing. A, here's the thing, though. It's it's not. It's and I'm bringing up Ted Ginn again. It's that Ted Ginn type volatility, like <laughs> okay. like right. within the range of outcomes with Julio Jones, like you are going to skew more toward the big games than you are the nothing games. And I think that's the difference is that the the opportunity for those blow up games is there a lot more often with Julio Jones than it is with, you know, name any other receiver you're going to get, you know, after the fifth round or something. All right. There you go. Um, again, uh, Devontae, we haven't talked about Devontae Freeman, but he, I'm not saying he slipped a little bit, but I think a lot of folks are a little bit concerned about the, the workload moving into 2018. Does this team start to transition a little bit more towards Tevin Coleman? Uh, I think that's kind of where – a little bit of concern is as well. 
I I'm not worried. I don't think so. I'm not I think worried either. Freeman just had some injuries last year. He still had a solid year, but uh, he is the he is the primary guy in this backfield, and they used Tevin Coleman as the change of pace, weapon X sort of thing, mix him in. So I, I think Freeman Freeman coming at a discount now uh, is is really great for fantasy. I feel it. I feel it. I like him in the sec- in the middle to late part of the second round as well, especially, especially in PPR. Yeah. One last thing on Julio yes, Jones. Please. Last year he had 70-plus receiving yards in 11 of 16 games last year. Okay, well, what about those other five? So he had 60 in a couple. He had <laughs> 20 in a couple. That's, but like, that's what I'm talking about. Still, though. 11 of 16 games, you're getting at least seven points in a standard league. Okay. Not counting touchdowns. In PPR, he had you know 88 receptions too. Yeah. So you're adding all those. Okay. That's looking at more like almost like 75% of the weeks, you're getting 12 points plus in from your PPR guy. There you go. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 5-11 and 11 last year. How they did not let go of Dirk Cutter, I do not know, but he is back. Uh, per Adam Schefter, Jameis Winston is being suspended three games for allegedly groping a female Uber driver while in the Scottsdale, Arizona area. Uh, they've said, actually, the three games was one rumor, but most of the people with deep sourcing have said it's several, and there hasn't been an official number put on it yet. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Although I think Shefty did say three in, in his... Did he? I, I, think, I think the original... The original report was three. Okay. But, I mean, we know how these things, these are all yeah, kind of nebulous, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, who yeah. knows. And he hasn't been served as of yet either, by the way. This is just uh, this is just reporting that's happening around the NFL. Uh, that's just something that we'll have to monitor. It's not really much to say about it other than, I mean, look, the guy's not really getting drafted very high anyways for fantasy. He shouldn't, shouldn't get drafted at all now if he's going to be suspended. That's exactly right. And, and I think that's probably what we'll see. So, again, James Winston news, we'll, we'll see what's going to happen there. Uh, will it have an impact on Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson? Yeah, absolutely. Ryan Fitzpatrick is out there slinging it. But, I mean, yes, it will. But will it be that drastic? That's uh, yeah, you're right. It's not like you're the, right. It's not like it's some random slappy coming off the street to come right. in and start. Like it's, I mean, I made the joke. So did Harmon, and he got more retweets and likes for it. But whatever. Uh, that NFL bylaws say that you know Ryan Fitzpatrick <laughs> has to start at least a couple of games every single season. Like those are the rules. What this is what we said last year. <clears throat> uh, this was my hot take last year. Was that Ryan Fitzpatrick? Life finds a way. <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick finds a way. It doesn't matter. It's amazing how many teams he's gone to. Amazing. And every single time. He starts a couple games. He starts a few games, if not the whole <laughs> season. It's unbelievable. I don't know how he does it. Uh, but, yeah, certainly something to monitor, especially if you are worried about the production for Mike Evans. Although I'm not really because Fitzpatrick is he's a funneler, man. Yeah, man. And you know he's going to funnel them targets. Uh, over to Mike. Now, the the person that may get hurt by all this is uh, I think it it pours a little bit of cold water on the Chris Godwin hype. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Because I just don't know how deep down the the receiving depth chart that Fitzpatrick's going to go. It'll it'll be primarily I think Evans and uh, Djax and and the tight ends. Uh, although he didn't throw to Cameron Braid last year. For I know. Reason, Isn't that funny? Like this, the anti, Harvard, like guy, this yeah. Harvard bias. Like what's yeah. going on, man? You're a Harvard guy. You're not throwing it to him. What's, <laughs> what's, up, what's up with that? I don't uh, so there you go. It's, uh, it's certainly, again, something that we're going to monitor here uh, and get you the latest when we get some updates as well. They drafted Ronald Jones out of USC. Marcus Grant, go ahead. Yep. Um, no, fight on. Like, and I, like, I like the fit. I like, the, I like his skill set and, and what he can do in that offense. Uh, and I like the fact that you know he's not, he's not in a Saquon-type position where they're expecting him to come in and be the guy and just right. dominate. So he can kind of grow into the role a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think right now he tops out for me at best as an RB3 um, with potential to grow beyond that, depending on how yep. he fits in the offense. 
There's a lot to worry about in this backfield right now because Peyton Barber played so well at the end of last year. Yeah. They still love Charles Sims. And they uh, said they're going to get he played. Yeah, and uh, Greg Allman, a uh, great beat reporter for the Buccaneers for the Tampa Bay Times, had reported right. that uh, the word right now is that Ronald Jones is going to share the load with third-year pro Peyton Barber, and Charles Sims will have a chance to keep the third-down role he held last season. Yeah, that's So, like, that's going to eat in his scary. workload. There's certainly a chance where um, – Ronald Jones, once actual pads come on and it's preseason, has a Dalvin Cook like emergence yeah. where like they're the just the talent like, just can't be right. Denied. We're like we're we have Jarek McKinnon who can be a third down back and we have Latavius Murray to share that load, but we're gonna give it all to Dalvin. I get you. so there is certainly that possibility, but until we see that coming to fruition in the preseason and training right. camp, tread with caution when I it comes like to Rojo. Charles Sims is sort of like the strawberry section of a box of Neapolitan ice cream. Like it's it's good, it's fine, it's, it's okay. delicious and tasty, but like I would rather have a whole box full of just chocolate and vanilla. So like you know, why'd you get Neapolitan then? <laughs> Why are you hating on strawberry and the Neapolitan, bro? All right, so it's the whole bad, point of its appeal. It's oh. bad enough, but you know, it's, it's like no, I hear what like, you're saying. Like they keep they saying. keep feeding this Charles Sims every year, and like I always, by the way, I always hear this uh, argument about Neapolitan uh, ice cream. Uh, may, maybe I don't want to buy three cartons of ice cream. Maybe I just want to buy one. And sometimes I want the strawberry. Sometimes I want the chocolate. <laughs> yeah, right. That's fair. And think, maybe I maybe I want all three. I don't know. I don't think I've ever heard that argument yeah. before. But okay. I, I, I like it. I, I right. like it. Look, right, I, as, a, as a fatty, I don't want to get three <laughs> cartons of ice cream because I know what's going to happen to those three cartons of ice cream. I'm going to eat them all. That's the problem. You know, you can just God, buy the small little pints. Ice cream know. is so good. <laughs> ice cream is so good. <laughs> ice cream is so good. Uh, by the way, I, I just wanted to mention, the Fantasy DST here, they don't have a great schedule early on, but it's just – a, a team that you want to flag. It, it, I think they're a sneaky little unit here. Gerald M- McCoy is a beast inside. They drafted Vita Villa as another huge body inside. Then on the outsides, remember, they signed JPP and they've got Vinnie Curry there as well from Philadelphia, who I thought played extremely well for that Eagles unit. So their front line looking great. And then the backers, Quan Alexander, Levante David, those guys are good players, man. So up front, I, I kind of sort of like what I'm seeing here, although their schedule doesn't really line up very so favorable. Tough start gonna, to the year, tough yeah. division. I'm gonna, let you, I'm gonna let you jump in those waters, bro. No, I'm just saying it's a it's 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 a sneaky little unit. Um, their their backline guys aren't that great. Obviously, their cornerback play is going to be a little bit uh, questionable. But I really like what they got going on up front. So it's just something to kind of keep in mind. All right, uh, enough of the NFC South. We did it. <laughs> and we go to the horn and we welcome in. Well, it's a sad day. Former NFL Fantasy Podcast member Matt Harmon on the show joining us today. You know, it's uh, it's been a while, pal. Uh, welcome back. <laughs> not, not quite under the circumstances anybody thought, huh? No. Not so much. No, not so much. Uh, let, let's peel back the curtain a little bit here. Um, you know, your, your time had come. Uh, to go on hiatus, your your yearly sabbatical, and pretty much every single person thought you were coming back. Uh, we're talking about from everyone in this room to you know executive types. Uh, pretty much everyone thought that you you thought you were coming back for God's sakes. <laughs> so we didn't really make a big deal of your quote unquote last show because we're like ah what's what's the big deal? He'll be back in two months. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and here we are. You are not going to be coming back. Uh, to NFL media. Do you want to give all the listeners out there the, the, the rundown of who, what, when, where, why, and how? I mean, yeah, this was definitely not something that was expected, uh, you know, a few months ago, even really like, you know, 
it seems like a couple weeks ago. I don't know, but uh, yeah, basically, I mean, yes, if we're peel- if we're peeling back the curtain, uh, you know, yeah, I thought I would be coming back to to NFL, coming back to the podcast in a couple, you know, in a few months, and uh, basically, guy got a better offer somewhere else, and I took it. I mean, that's the. That's yep. kind of the bottom line of it. It's almost like uh, it's almost like the uh, NFL media gave you that uh, transition tag. Somebody came in with a better off, swooped in, with a better offer, uh, you know, and and they, and they didn't want to match. So that's what happened. That's exactly that's exactly right. Basically, <laughs> they were like, oh well, nobody's going to sign this guy and have to give him away two first round picks. That's right. And we we Kurt right. Cousin Cousins. Did. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That's exactly. Well, not we. We in we in this room on. had nothing to do with yeah, it. Exactly. Right. All right. Well, tell the folks where you're going and uh, what you're going to be doing there. Yeah, so I am going to Yahoo. I could not be more excited about it. Obviously, it was a tough decision at the time, seemingly, because you know, I love you guys. I love everything I was doing at NFL. Um, right. But like I said, this was a, this was a great offer, and um, I'm really excited about what I'm going to be doing there. going to be doing a lot, uh, to be honest with you. Like, a big focus will be on kind of crafting their voice on social media to kind of fit what I think, which is, you know, questionable decision by them, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> great. I love it. I love it. Um, but, but, but also we'll be doing a lot of, a lot of writing, a lot of uh, on camera stuff and, you know, a lot of reception perception too, to be honest, right. I had a really good conversation uh, with a few people there the other day and, and how we can kind of partner the work I've been doing with the fantasy footballers in their draft kit to mm. what I'm do, what I'm going to be doing at Yahoo. So it's, it's a lot of exciting stuff. You know, it's uh, and you're working with some great people over there. You know, Brad Evans obviously is a pillar in the fantasy community and Liz Loza too, who's been on this podcast, I believe. Yes. Yes, she has. Uh, Liz Loza, yep. who's been on this podcast as well. Uh, a great writer there at Yahoo as well. It's just a great team over there. And we're, we're nothing but excited for you. It's interesting, man. Like, you know, you and I had that conversation just to let the listeners know when you first uh, found out about this whole deal, uh, Matt Harmon and I had a conversation. I almost had to convince this guy that this is an amazing deal. <laughs> I was super excited for, I was so happy. And, and, you know, and obviously I think Harmon's heart was still here in NFL. But I was just so, I was ecstatic for you, man. Yeah, yeah, no, and I, I appreciate that, and and it did take a little bit to kind of come around to just, you know, to, to, just, to just like look at it from a face value. Perspective. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that that's hard to do sometimes when when we have such a a unique and great team uh, like we had at NFL. You know, Very but unique. obviously, obviously the signs were uh, all pointing kind of the direction to go somewhere else, and and the inside. I mean, look, the band is the band is definitely breaking up. We've all kind of said for a long time. Uh, that this that what we had was really special and right. uh, uh, but a unique moment in time that I think we all knew wasn't going to last forever. Um, hey, listen, your story for those of the folks that might not know, I, I think it's an inspiration, man. I think it's a real inspiration to other young aspiring writers. I got to be honest with you, man. I think it's also a millennial's you know dream scenario. <laughs> Everything happened for you so fast, and I know probably you living in it probably didn't feel like it's fast. But from an from an outsider's perspective, <clears throat> um, objective perspective, man, I look at your career and I said, man, this guy is just a straight rocket ship uh, moving up the ranks. But talk about why. Talk about the why you think you were able to do what you did. I mean, that's a a long story, I think, obviously, but if we can condense it to kind of just some, some basic themes, you know, I, I made the decision probably about four years ago now to basically askew 
all the plans I had accumulated throughout my time as like an undergraduate at Lynchburg College to like mm. become, uh, you know, an eventual like a voice in the academic field for social theory and all that, like go back to school to get a master's, go back to school to get a PhD, continue all the research I was doing as an undergraduate. I basically just decided to, to, to just forego all that and decide to try to be a football writer. And when I did that, uh, I decided that I was not going to be outworked by anybody. You know, like I was a nobody. And most people that, that are nobodies, like most people don't end up making it. No, like that's that, that's the truth. Uh, but the, those of us that do the universal theme to all of that is just we all all busted our asses, basically. And like that's that's kind of the, the thing I think that anybody can take away from it. The only universal theme is that everybody that does it worked really hard and was determined to not be outworked by anybody. And, and you know, I've made sacrifices. I've I've uh, done things that, you know, maybe seemed stupid at the time. Uh, but they've all ended up working out. So I, I think that's probably the, the biggest thing of it. Yeah, I know. It's, it sounds – It sounds when you say it like that, it sounds easy, but it's so hard. I mean, you know, reception perception, first of all, great idea. You did come up with a, a tremendous idea that definitely helped catapult your career, certainly. I mean, we're talking about four years. You're going from, you know, uh, nowhere to, to now you're one of the prominent voices, uh, going to be one of the prominent fantasy voices, certainly – uh, at Yahoo and, and just in the fantasy sphere in general, it's a it's a tremendous story. Uh, working hard, not being outworked by your, your competitors. It, it sounds so easy and basic, but it's hard to do that when you're not sure what the end goal is going to be. And I think that right there is what stops a lot of young people is you're not sure what the future holds. So how do you stay motivated to keep writing every single day, doing research every single day and staying on top of this thing every single day? It's that it's that drive that I see in you um, and, and a lot of us in this room, I think, uh, that have allowed us to kind of get to where we we are today. You know, what I would say, too, it's also just kind of like trusting that there's a that there's a plan that's you know if even if you can't see it like that it's going to lead you somewhere right. uh, and that everything you're doing builds to something else you know some little podcast that you do is eventually going to take you to here you know it can introduce you to a new person uh in a different space and i think that's key that a lot of that a lot of people have learned as they're coming up is that we all kind of end up relying on each other and that's what's so cool honestly about the fantasy community and and what i think we just don't get enough credit for from outside outsiders or whatever is that everybody supports the hell out of each other. Like not only just those of us that work together at NFL, but like people at other companies, like I only ended up getting this job at Yahoo because some of their analysts like recommended <laughs> me to go through that process. That's like, great. And I only ended up at NFL because Alex was familiar with my writing elsewhere. And, and it's just, those connections are so key and you should never like, skew other people and like always ask for help and like i've asked you know marcus and and james like both of you guys as, as i've made this decision ask for help along the way and everything like that tell charlie we said hello <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 ready to, he's ready to get his voice heard he's hey, Cal, how about you give me some credit huh? he's not getting enough attention right now as you're talking about yourself he's like i hear this every day let's, let's move on <laughs> this hey, is his pre-morning hype speech i like it hey i'd be a little bit remiss if i didn't get these other two guys to talk about your career here but and Alex we'll start with you you guys live together you guys are, are, are still continue to be very close friends um, you know having 
kind of being part of that hiring process and, and really seeing his career flourish here at NFL Media. I'd love to get your take on what you have seen thus far uh, from Matt Harm. I mean, I've seen everything Matt talked about. You know, we were trying to build up a, a different brand of fantasy over here, and we liked Matt's approach to his writing, his his ability as a writer, his his in-depth analytical views, and then get tried to give him every opportunity he could have here to expand upon that, working with things like next-gen stats and other things. And when you hire good people and put them in positions to succeed, they're going to do that. Uh, Marcus, I, I know you've worked uh, as well, you know, from the editorial side and, and kind of working hand-in-hand hand with, uh, with Matt as well. Um, I guess what were your takeaways from some of his work? Um, I feel like Matt Matt made me better at my job. I mean, I think that's the biggest takeaway for me is that you know he he brought a different perspective and he he had kind of a different way of looking at things. You know, right. and, and look, it helped that part of what we we did here and Matt was a big part of it was sort of connecting us to the greater fantasy community. I don't know that that NFL fantasy had that connection as as strongly uh before Matt got here. And so it it certainly opened us up I think to new arguments, new ways of looking at things. And and really truly I I, I say this sincerely, it made me way better at my job than I was before he got here. I would agree with that. I think I I would piggyback on that 100%. The fact that and again, I, you know, I buttered my bread here, you know, doing the TV thing, but I enjoyed writing. I, I liked writing, and uh, I, and I particularly liked writing about football and fantasy football in particular. But um, look, man, you don't get to where you get to without being hyper competitive. And I'm a hyper competitive dude. And you read Matt Harmon's pieces, and you're like, man, I got to step my game up. I better step my game up because I tell you what, this dude's going to kill me out here. So, and you're right, Marcus, man. He he did. People noticed his work and by proxy noticed our work as well. Um, and I think that raised the entire profile of the fantasy department here at NFL Media. So, uh, certainly we are losing, I mean, a tremendous this asset. This is weird. It feels, it feels like I'm like listening to my own funeral. <laughs> well, you know, it's weird for you because it's the first time we've ever said nice things about you. Also, well, that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and as much as like a right. egomaniac as uh, sometimes I might come across, like one of the things that I'm worst at is like taking compliments. That's fine. Uh, I've never been good good at like hearing that because it just makes me feel weird. Yeah, um, well, we, can, we can take it all back. Pal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let's dial that That's back. Good. No, but but on the on that note too, like just. The, the cool part was that I feel like we were all accountable to each other and we all like made each other better there. And, and that's something that I've always kind of taken, you know, if we're talking about how you get, how you get ahead in this industry and like being um, connected to other people, you know, when I got the job at NFL, I had a lot of people from kind of, you know, the quote unquote fantasy Twitter or whatever, you know, people that were down there just grinding part time or whatever um, where I was, a lot of people reached out to me and said, like, hey, man, like, when you got that job, it felt like we all got that job. Huh. And, like, that's interesting. That's a cool thing to hear, one, but it's also like, oh, man, I better not screw this up. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, so it's just is something that, like, when you're accountable to other people and you ha- you build that community, whether it was us at work or the, the larger fantasy community in general, it, I think that's why we're – I think that's why fantasy analysis is so great is because we're all pushing each other – um, to be better. True. Um, you know, it's funny too, man, because for whatever reason, a lot of folks, uh, and we played this up too, but a lot of folks thought that, uh, that you and I had, uh, some kind of, some kind of beef or something, uh, which I think was just, it was kind of a fake made up, you know, beef that we kind of came up with, 
uh, either well, on the podcast. You pod- just called me an idiot on national television. I've called many so. people an idiot on national television. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm not sure, not sure why anybody yeah. thought there was any heat. I know. Uh, it's hard to say. I know it's so funny. Uh, no, listen, uh, but uh, off air. Uh, it was. It's been nothing but love uh, between yeah. the two of us there. So uh, just to kind of, I guess, again, peel peel the curtain back a little bit. Hey, listen, before we let you go, man, can we ask you a couple fantasy questions? I mean, I guess <laughs> <laughs> that's great. You're, you're not officially. I haven't officially started at Yahoo yet, so this is all off the clock. So oh, I good. expect you guys to send me some <laughs> royalties, you know, some pay, or something. <laughs> exactly. whatever you guys are getting. For this podcast, I'll, oh, we're getting, like a cut. I'll buy you a beer. How about I mean, that? you know how much we're getting paid for this. <laughs> <laughs> um, give me. I, I, I dubbed you the the wide receiver prognosticator, so I'll give you some uh, wide receiver layups here. But uh, give me a fantasy sleep at the wide receiver position uh, whose ADP might be in the eighth round or later? Man, that's a, a great question. Some of the guys I've kind of found myself drafting a lot lately, like there's some, there's some very obvious values who I think aren't, aren't ever going to get boosted up because they're not sexy. Guys like Rashard Matthews, I've been drafting a lot. Um it's funny. I think everybody's expecting Tennessee to take a little bit of a jump. Right. And most of their weapons, that, that jump has kind of been priced into. The running backs are, are high picks. Corey Davis is a high pick. Delaney Walker is still a good mid-round tight end. The only two guys that that boost hasn't been priced up in is Richard Matthews and, ironically, the quarterback, which doesn't make any sense. Hmm. Um, so Matthews is a guy I've been taking a, la- a lot late. Um, and, and I could say the same for a guy like Alan Hearns. Um, when I went back and looked at his uh, reception perception from this past season, okay, he's definitely not a guy who, you know, gets a ton of separation on 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 outside routes or against press coverage. But I think the fact that they're looking to move him around a lot in Dallas, and that's kind of the reports out of minicamp. You know, they're not having Cole Beasley stick as a strict slot receiver. I think if Alan Hearns can kind of be like a forty to fifty percent slot snap guy. He could be kind of like a poor man's Adam Thielen in that office. I mean, very poor man. <laughs> a bum man, yeah. Right, right, right. But, but I mean, he consistently goes like 11th round, even in best ball drafts. And I am just constantly drafting him there. And, like, so those are the, those are the guys that, like, are super, I don't know, unsexy, but are going to outkick their ADP. Interesting. And then, but then a guy that I think could be, like, a legit breakout candidate who – I, I have been drafting more and more is Josh Doxson from Washington. Okay. Um, I think he's the guy that if everything comes together there, if he can be more than a jump ball receiver, which based on what I saw of him at a TCU charting him for reception perception, I think he can be. I, I think he's the guy who could be the clear number one of that offense. And I really like the way, I don't know about you guys, but I really like the way this Washington offense sets up. Um, even with Alex Smith subbing in for Kirk Cousins. I mean, other Absolutely. than other than Darius Geis, there's nobody uh, in a Washington uniform that we're seeing go relatively high. Chris Thompson's going super late. Uh, we're seeing both of the receivers go super late as well. well Thompson's, I see Thompson going a lot in the middle rounds. Geis is the highest ADP, but even yeah. he is only going in like round four. Round five, which I'm 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 intrigued by that because Gruden has done such a great job, you know, morphing the offense to to his players. So uh, I'm with you, man. I'm a, I, I I like Docs, and I I tend to lean towards Paul Richardson in this offense because I think he's mm-hmm. a better route runner. Um, and just given the fact that Alex Smith doesn't throw jump balls, he just doesn't. He, he just will refuse to throw jump balls. 
I just wonder if he's going to start to favor Paul Richardson in terms of a route running ability, um, you know, in that offense. But but yet to be seen, certainly. Yeah, I think that's fair. The, I, those two guys, like they have, even if Doxon doesn't hit his ceiling, I think Richardson and uh, Doxon actually have really similar skill sets because both are really great contested catch receivers, but also can get vertical. Uh, and I just think if one of them is going to grow beyond what we've already seen in their NFL career, I think it's probably going to be uh, Doxon rather than Richardson. Yeah, I love the you got to love the touchdown upside too. Just he's such a red zone threat. Um, let me ask you one more question. It's your hometown team. It's the Carolina Panthers. They spent a first round <laughs> draft pick on DJ Moore. That, I really like him, man. Is that who people from West Virginia cheer for? <laughs> I was going to say, I've literally never lived in the state of uh, North Carolina, but I guess whatever. Yeah, whatever. You've got family over there. What what do you want me to say? The Mountaineers are your hometown team? I mean, we know that, but, you know, this is an NFL. It's been a fun chat. I think I'll just be uh... (laughs) Uh, DJ Moore, first-round wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. Um, I really love him in this offense. Can you give me an idea of what reception perception says, and how do you feel like he's going to fit in with Cam Newton and the boys there? Yeah, I really like DJ Moore. You know, you and I, James, were together actually when this uh, when this pick came down. That's right. I, yeah, yeah, I was a big big fan of it, and he's like I think the perfect receiver what this offense needed because he definitely brings some speed and playmaking ability, but he's also a guy that can create easy layup throws for the quarterback because he can separate early in routes. You know, out of the slot as the flanker, um, they haven't really had that type of player. I mean, honestly, in years in in Carolina. Um, I don't know how this is going to split out in year one, and I haven't found found myself being really drawn to uh, DJ Moore at all at this mm. point in drafts. Uh, not because I don't like the player, but it's just a very crowded passing attack right now, or at least it's top-heavy. Like, Devin Funches, I don't think, is necessarily going anywhere. They have Greg Olson uh, as a guy who's clearly going to get 100 targets. You know, Christian McCaffrey is still going to get 70 to 80 catches. Uh, it, it's tough, and it's tough out there to to find. Like you can easily see a scenario where he's the fourth guy in line in his rookie season, but all of those guys there that I mentioned are at least pretty volatile. You know, Greg Olson's kind of on the back nine of his career, right. even though he just got an extension. Devin Funches is not. I, I I don't think he's a number one receiver, uh, and DJ Moore I do think is long term is going to be a better player. But, again, so there's some volatility there, but I I just don't think Moore is a player that I'm ever going to be too drawn to drafting. Not to mention, I I mentioned it's crowded here among the pass catchers, but uh, this is a passing attack that's historically been pretty low volume, and I don't really see any reason for that to change. It's a good point. Uh, even with North Turner there, even if they want to get a little bit more vertical, uh, you know, again, you're right. It's been a pretty low-volume passing uh, offense there. All right, Matt Harmon, now of Yahoo!, joining us here on the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Sounds weird to say. Uh, anything, yeah, right. Any last thoughts you want to tell the listeners out there? I mean, thanks for listening to me on this podcast. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to miss doing it with you guys. I'm going to miss everybody that, um, that listened to us. But hopefully uh, you guys continue to follow all my work at Yahoo. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And, hey, maybe I'll have a new podcast there for you to be listening to soon. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Hey, there you go. All I right. take a body. You listen to more than one podcast. It's not a. It's not a betrayal type of situation. <laughs> don't don't worry, everybody. I, I take a body, but I'm gonna see you for beers tomorrow. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. All right, the great Matt Harmon joining us here on the NFL Fantasy Life podcast. Matt, we're gonna miss you, pal. See ya. All right, see ya.
Now we're talking about dog bites and dipping. You know, if you like creepy rabbits, this movie's for you. Godzilla is down there. This is why I love this group of guys. We're like, whirlwind, there it goes, boom. Daily Dap Time, Alex Gelhar. Kick us off, pal. Oh, I wasn't prepared. I actually had pulled up the World Cup. Oh, good. Oh, good. Oh, here we go. Let me see. Let me see. Oh, good lord. Oh. That's what I wanted to talk about. What? Yes, I started the Ken Burns Vietnam documentary that came oh, okay. out on, on PBS last uh, fall. That's a ten-part, like seventeen and a half hour. I was going to say how many documentary? Forty? Uh, no, yeah. seventeen and a half. Yeah, just dedicated an entire just, work week. Just shy of eighteen. <laughs> but they put it on. They put it on Netflix, and uh, I started it oh. over the weekend, and it is amazing. Like the depth. The information, uh, just the storytelling in general. It's like, Ken Burns, baby. I mean, yeah, Ken Burns is amazing, but right. like this, I mean, this, and like, you know, Vietnam is such a formative part of like America as we know it today, and yeah. like I, I know, I know about it, but I don't know as in depth as this is sure. able to go. So it's really, really fascinating to watch that story unfold so far. So I can't recommend it enough. It's on. Netflix, if you would like to check it out. I am going to go full millennial there and say I don't know if I can actually dedicate an entire work week to watching a Ken. <laughs> <laughs> you take your time with it. Because I tried I tried watching his baseball thing. You mean it, baseball's great. And especially because they've actually updated it to I know, include, like, the 90s and 2000s. And, and, and I know that it's good. Uh, you know, I just, I, again, 100 hours of baseball history. I just, I I don't know how long it is. I basically use, yeah. I use a section of it to write a paper when I was in like the oh, yeah? when I was in the eleventh grade like <laughs> yeah it was great all right uh, and then I also just want to say I watched that on VHS by the way <sighs> wow <laughs> not on not on laserdisc <laughs> uh, I also just wanted to say daily daps and thanks to all the people that uh, gave me words of support on Twitter Facebook in person 100%. otherwise uh, really meant a lot and uh, the outpouring of support was was fantastic and made me get a little get a little emotional so yeah, thank man. you to everybody for that. Your words were all appreciated. I tried to respond to like everybody that replied to the tweet too. If I missed you, I apologize. My mentions turned into a tire fire a there for mention. a little while. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but I think I pretty much got to everybody. So did if your, not, I apologize. Uh, did your eyes sweat at all? A little bit okay. at, at the at the beginning from okay, some good. some of the folks, but yeah. uh, was able to keep it together and. That's my new phrase now. Is the eyes sweating? Eyes I like sweating that because I like more, that. you know, it's more manly. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> <laughs> MG, my guy, Marcus Graham. What you got? Man? Uh, well, first, I mean, I just want to daily dab Alex Gelhar because, uh, you know, what you guys know about NFL fantasy right now, even this podcast, like so much of it is because of him. Yep. Um, and so everything you have done has been fantastic. And I, you know, I, I know I said that Harmon made me better. You made me so much better at my job. Um, because you you sacrificed a lot to help make us who we are, um, and I will always, 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 always be grateful for that. So, Thanks, man. I appreciate um, that. Best of luck. Go kick some ass in Wisconsin. Uh, Baby. My, it's, it's fun to see where this podcast has come, too, from right? the days of when Whew. I had to record it and we didn't have <laughs> we, had we were just trying to on. figure it out. Right. Like, uh, oh, Lord, yeah. Now here we are. So here, here we, we are, are. baby. Um, so my other daps, though, uh, daps to our, our pal Alex Wilk. Uh, yes. He, he and his now wife, Angela, got married over the weekend. Um, it was fantastic. We had a great time at the, the wedding there. Um, and my final dab is the World Cup's been great. Like, the soccer itself has been fantastic. Yes. Daps to Jorge Perez Navarro, who's yes. one of the announcers for the World Cup. Okay. And you, you, if you've been watching any of the games, you know who he is because the dude has been just over the top, excited, and hilarious. It's soccer time! It's soccer time! I mean, look. 
the first game I heard him do, I, I think it was, I can't remember which game it was, but he did the Peru game. Yes. The first Peru game in the group stage. He dropped a cool when he dropped a cool runnings drop in the middle of the broadcast. I was on board. I was so, I was fully sold. And that that was it. came after when uh, the Danish Dynamite, the Denmark Denmark scored. And he, he dropped, dropped a boom goes, goes the, the dynamite. dynamite. Yes, like like people 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 claim he's biased. Oh, he's really not. The guy is biased for soccer. He's he loves fight. the sport. He's just excited and like his his excitement is infectious. And so like props to him. Oh, I love it. He gets so amped up when right. the shots and it's such a great balance with like the play by play too because yes. They are much more traditionally reserved and analytical, and so it kind of brings you down, but it, it balances it out so well because so he gets good. so amped for it. And, yeah. man, he just makes watching a game that I love to watch just so much more enjoyable. Absolutely. And hats off to him. So, yeah, fantastic. daily dabs to, to Jorge Perez like Navarro. Paul, dabs I didn't to think, him. I didn't That's think to get him in there, but, man, I just love that guy. <laughs> is he the color guy or the play He's the play-by-play play. play 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 play. play. Sorry, yeah, the color guy is the one I meant. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes is a little more he's a little more analytical. I feel, I feel he's very – this guy, uh, Jorge Navarro – Perez Navarro, very uh, fans are very split on him. Like yes, no, they be, but it's Twitter. I mean, Twitter's going well, to be yeah. like that, but and I don't care. I it's a guy. Him. It's a guy with a uh, you know yeah. Hispanic accent calling games for a lot of Central yeah, American yeah, yeah, and Mexican yeah. teams, and he is from Mexico, so he was obviously a little sure. more invested in that game. But as I tweeted out, I said, "How dare!" Fox put a former national team player in the booth to commentate on their team like. when we frequently have Stu Holden and Landon Donovan and Alexi Lalas and all of those right, people right, in there. Right, right, right. Like, get off your high horse, man. Yeah, he also of, called a great game in called. that Mexican Mexican yeah. game that he he called, yeah, and he has been he has been objective and excited for both sides and all the other ones. He's just fantastic. There you go. All right, there you go. I like it. Uh, I will uh, piggyback on uh, MG's uh, daily dap, uh, Alex Gelhar. Uh, uh, again, we talked about the top of the show, but man, just props to you, man. Uh, you know what you're embarking on certainly is a long voyage, and, and it's a rocky voyage as well, as you are very well aware. Uh, and for you to have stuck it out um, and, and kind of seeing this plan through, and again, you got the, you got, I mean, you just have an amazing job here, man. You really do. Um, and quite honestly, uh, you know, MG touched on a little bit. You're the architect of this entire fantasy department here at NFL Media. Uh, and and why is that? So uh, people don't know what kind of goes on beyond, behind the scenes, but uh, Alex Gilhar was the driving force behind bringing this podcast back uh, to life. It was just a repurposed you know, audio portion of the show. Didn't do that well. Well, guess what? Now we're one of the more successful podcasts here uh, in the NFL media group even though people don't want to recognize that. That's fine. <laughs> still. Uh, one we of still the, get Harry potter and have to stay in that I know, bedroom exactly. under the stairs. It's fine. It's fine. We're just, you know, we, we have more listens and downloads than, than, you know, a few other podcasts can buy. But who cares? I mean, who yeah, cares? Fine. Why do we need to look at the numbers, okay, James? Exactly. Don't, don't look at the numbers. Don't look at, <laughs> them. Don't look at them. Yeah, don't look. But Alex Gellhart was certainly the architect. Look, he, he brought in uh, Matt Franchise. He, he brought in Matt Harmon. Um, and really just kind of organized the, the thought process and the editorial side of the content that you read on the NFL.com side as well. So uh, Alex Gellar is certainly an architect uh, of what this feels like, and it's just a totally different feeling than what it was when I started here four seasons ago. Four seasons ago, got to be honest with you, I don't think anybody went to NFL.com for fantasy advice. I really don't. Uh, very few people did anyways. Um, now it's, to me anyways, it's kind of like a low-key, and I know it sounds stupid because it's NFL.com, but it is. It's a low-key source of great information uh, for, I think, fantasy players of all levels. Beginner, medium, uh, intermediate, expert, doesn't matter. You're going to get something from NFL.com, so so props to you on that as well. I will give my final daily dap 
to South Korea, baby. Yeah. Woo. Go, go, Korea. Let's go. Beat the Germans. You ever say, like, Viva Korea? You know, like- uh, it's not Viva Korea. <laughs> well, it, here's I mean, the- it is if you're a Mexico fan. It is. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. It helped Mexico get into the, to, into the next round, which is great. I'm happy for the Mexican fans, man. But, no, a 2-0 win uh, against Germany, uh, the defending. World Cup champions. It's just, it's, it's crazy. It was a great moment in, in Korean football, uh, Korean soccer history. So it's great. Well, you know what's so cool about the World Cup, too? I feel like this doesn't quite happen as much in other tournaments, but it takes so long and you have to work so hard to get there that even if you're a team like Korea, who was mathematically eliminated yeah. from advancing in the tournament. Oh, yeah. There's still so much national and personal pride oh, on this stage. Yeah. Peru yesterday, Sully just said in my 100%. ear, too. Like they went out. And they went out to win against the former national champion, or you know, world, world champions yeah. who had everything to play for. They oh my needed God. a result to I mean, advance, yes. and South Korea beat them. Well, it's just amazing. I mean, even you know, the uh, Sunday. I mean, Panama gets on the scoreboard, gets bludgeoned by England, but they score their first ever World Cup goal as a country, and it was hell yeah. They go berserk. That's, that's, berserk. The, <laughs> that's the story. Berserk. Like right. they were down, I think five zero, or it might have even been six zero at the point when that goal scored, and they showed live reactions from Panama, and you would have thought they just. <laughs> <laughs> like it's so cool. That's why this tournament's so amazing. And the South South Korea this morning, what a game! And for and for for countries like this, man, I mean, it's all positivity. I, in a way, I feel bad. And by the way, daily daps to uh, to to all the Maradona gifts out there. <laughs> oh my God, Diego Maradona was just a fool. He was acting a fool yesterday. Uh, the gifts that coming out of that match were just unbelievable. He had to have been on the sauce. Dude. I think he was on something. He had to have been on the sauce. Had to have been super saucy that match. Yeah. Anyways, uh, yes. Uh, overall, nothing but positivity for those type of countries. Uh, so there you go. Uh, daily daps to 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 the World Cup. Uh, producer Christina, close out. Uh, well, daily daps to you guys. I feel like this feels like a final episode, even, <laughs> even, though, <laughs> even though it's, it's not. not yeah. Everyone's doing it in their feels. But, yeah, no, daily daps to you guys. I've only been producing for a few weeks, so you guys are awesome, and best of luck. Oh, it, thank you. Thanks. Thank you. It you does feel well. a little bit like a, a final episode. And uh, the Twitter followers were asking us for a final <laughs> episode. So here you go uh, to the ardent listeners of the NFL fans. We appreciate all of you guys, too. Yes, we do. Thank you so much. All right, so there you go. Great show. We did get into our feels here a little bit. It was a feelings podcast. (laughs) All right, for MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, for the WizKid from Wisconsin, producer Christina, and, of course, Matt Harmon as well. I'm James Cope. Thanks for listening. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish, 
Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.